Hey guys, it's Dr. Delvina, board certified psychiatrist in South Florida. Are you ready to take the couch? Hey guys, so what's up? It's another Sunday night and we're on the couch again. It's Dr. Delvina. Are you ready to take the couch? Yes, please join me on the couch. It's another episode of the Brain Love Podcast. How was your Thanksgiving? My Thanksgiving, I'm thankful. I'm very thankful. Um, I did not cook because I worked pretty much through Thanksgiving Eve. And when I cook, when I prepare such a big meal, I have to really um, prep. I got to prepare prior to like, I didn't do any grocery shopping. I like to prep my food days before. So I'm planning to cook for Christmas. I'll probably cook. I'll start prepping Sunday. I'll prep Sunday and start cooking and preparing things Monday, Tuesday. And my son and I will eat on Christmas Eve. And of course, I will also share with my boo. What'd you guys do for Thanksgiving and how was it? Listen, however it was, if you're alive and breathing, it was still good to you, baby. So don't have any regrets. Remember, this is a man-made holiday and Thanksgiving anyway is one of these that's debatable. If you know your history, you know why I'm saying it's debatable. So let's talk. What are we talking about tonight? The first thing I want to tell people is this, quote, one day the people that don't even believe in you will tell everyone how they met you, close quote. That's a quote from Johnny Depp. And I like that quote because it basically suggests, well, let me tell you what comes to mind for me, that um, people are not always the most helpful, but as soon as you make it, they're the first ones to say that they know you. So keep doing what you're doing. Um, Earlier today, I was on Instagram Live and I posted also on Instagram the word discipline. What does discipline mean to you? When we have discipline in our lives for a lot of reasons, discipline in your love life, discipline in your dating life, in your personal relationship, discipline with your family, discipline with you yourself, I got to have discipline with me, myself, and I. And I've been remaining disciplined for the last 96 hours almost. In about three hours, it will be 96 hours since I had my last solid meal or last piece of food, last morsel of food. I have not eaten a solid thing since Wednesday night. I had dinner um, at about six or seven in the evening, eight in the evening. And that was the last time I ate anything. Since then, I've been drinking water and I've been drinking a concoction of water with Um, pure organic maple syrup with some fresh lemon juice squeezed into it, which is not the best, but like, damn, when I'm hungry, it feels like it's the best, like straight up. So that's what I've been doing to test my discipline. And I felt like I needed to test my discipline. If anyone knows me, you know that I'm a foodie. I love food. I love to eat. I love going to restaurants. I love tasting all different sorts of things. I've been to other countries for the sake of eating their food, like no joke, real talk. So yeah, so I'm testing my discipline, right? So we were having a couple of us on Instagram, just sort of, you know, uh, people commented on that picture of the word discipline and some folks said they need to be more consistent. I also mentioned the word motivation because you're not always going to be motivated, but if you have discipline, you'll get the job done. Because discipline tells you to do what you got to do, doesn't it? So next topic, 
Let's talk about porn during COVID-19. That's not the topic for tonight, but I just wanted to mention that. So you, you listening, have you been watching porn? I don't watch porn. I've seen porn previously, but I haven't watched porn in like years, several years. And I heard that porn is on the rise during COVID-19. Is that intriguing or not? Maybe not. But porn is on the rise. There are some people who watch porn every day. Did you know that? These are people, not teenagers or in like their early 20s, but these are grown-ass adults. They watch porn every day. And it's not just men, it's women too. Women watch porn. Women watch porn to see what it's like to be with another woman, to see what it's like for a menage a trois, to see what they're supposed to do in the bedroom. Now that is intriguing to me because in the bedroom, I do what feels good to me and what comes natural, what seems should happen and what feels good to my partner. So yes, guys, discipline, porn. And next topic, let's stop assuming bad about men. Let's not assume bad things about men out here because a lot of times they mean they're not doing anything. We think they're doing things and they're not doing anything. They're just minding their own business or dealing with their own challenges that they feel less of a man talking about. So I want you ladies to all remember that. Let's not assume that because you don't hear from your man that he's up to no good. However, if that little voice inside of your head or if your belly tells you something, yeah, you better listen to your your intuition, your voice, that inner voice, that Holy Spirit, because it may be telling you something that is definitely notable. Tonight on the couch, I had the pleasure of speaking with Miss Rejoice Emmanuel. She's a Nigerian 25-year-old who is living in Moscow. She's in a city that she referred to as the third capital of uh, Russia. She's living in Russia. If I said Moscow, I meant Russia. She's living in Russia in the third capital of Russia. And uh, she reached out to me on Instagram because she wanted to have a dialogue about mental health and wellness. So we did that today. We were on Instagram live, but on the podcast tonight, I actually get in her business. Yeah, I go a lot, a lot deeper and ask her specific questions about her love life and sex life. And, and she opens herself up for it. Um, this is my first. Well, I wasn't say my first time talking to her. This is her first time being on the couch on the podcast. Um, the first time I spoke to her was, like I said, on Instagram Live. And yeah, people were digging that conversation too. Um, we had almost 400 viewers on the live. There were over 20 folks on the live um, consistently throughout this 50-minute conversation. And you know, at the end, it tells you how many viewers were on. And we had some great engagement and there were some good questions. So thank you so much to everyone who follows me on Instagram, which is Dr. Delvina, D-R-D-E-L-V as in Victor, E-N-A. And for you folks who are listening to my podcast, I am just grateful to you for giving me an opportunity to share my thoughts and my voice. Um, thank you so much for your time. Um, I understand how challenging it can be to balance our schedules and make time for the things we want to do. And um, so I'm, I'm grateful. Thank you. Thank you for following the, the Brain Love move, Movement. And uh, without further ado, welcome to Miss Rejoice Emmanuel, y'all. Yes. 
Hey, 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 guys. It's another Sunday night, and this is Dr. Delvina. You are hearing me on Be Brain Love Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Delvina, psychiatrist in South Florida and Fort Lauderdale and Miami. And tonight I have a very special, beautiful guest on. This lady is on all the way from Russia. Russia, y'all. Hey. Hi. Hello. Your so, name is Rejoice Emmanuel. Yes, my yes, my name is Rejoice Emmanuel. I'm a student in Russia. I've been here for five years. Yeah, and it's cold in Russia. You said it's cold in Russia. Yeah. Okay. Yes. All right. Yeah. Russia is cold. Russia. I, you know, I've never been to Russia. It is on my list after I explore the many countries in Africa. That is, I'm not going back to Europe and Asia and those parts until I've been through Africa. Um, but I did live in Germany for five years. So I get it because Germany is cold as well. Yeah. So Miss Rejoice, tell us how old are you? I'm 25. You're 25? Yeah. Okay. And where are you from in Africa? I'm from Nigeria. Okay. Born and raised in Nigeria? Yeah, born and raised. Oh, okay, fine. Not fully raised in Nigeria. I I also grew up in Cote d'Ivoire. It's a French country in Africa, so West Africa. Oh, wow. Okay. So how old were you when you left Nigeria and went to Cote d'Ivoire? I was a year or two. Yeah, according to my parents. Yeah, I grew up there. I was there till when I was 10 years old. Then my dad had to take me back because he wanted me to experience the Nigerian standard of education. Okay. Yeah, so I, yeah, I did my secondary school in Nigeria. But during the holidays, I used to go back to Cote d'Ivoire. Yeah. And after secondary school, I had to come to Russia for my college. Yeah, Nigeria, you guys, um, your educational system there is excellent, and that's an understatement. Um, I've had friends and classmates in college who were from Nigeria, and um, and also during my residency training, some of my colleagues were from Nigeria, and you, you guys are some smart folks. You are very cerebral, very smart. Thank you. You're welcome. Are you smart? Maybe. <laughs> of course you are. Say yes. Yes, I yes. am smart. Yes, I am smart. So you're 25 and you're in Russia yes. living alone without family. Yes. Ciao. Let me tell you, there are some kids here, some young adults, some students who graduate high school and they're afraid to go to another state to go away for college. You went to a whole another continent for college. <laughs> Yeah, don't be bashful. It's okay. It's okay. Oh, am I making you cry? No, no, no. I'm fine. Oh. Okay, I thought you were you were touching your eye there. Yeah. <laughs> so tell me, how did you make the decision to go to Russia? What did you have options? Where else could you have gone? Oh, I I could have gone to Germany. I was actually asked, do you, would you prefer to go to Russia or Germany? And I chose Russia just like that. I don't even have a reason for choosing Russia. Okay. I have no, yeah. And you know, we found each other on Instagram and, yes. um, and I've gone through your Instagram page. I follow you now and I see there's a lot okay. of, 
Russians, you're welcome. There's a lot of Russians who live in, uh, I'm sorry, a lot of Africans who live in Russia. Yes, a lot. Where are some of your friends, your friends in Russia, the Africans, where, what countries are they from in Africa? Oh, most of them are Nigerian, they're Namibians, Ghanaians, Congolians, from Cote d'Ivoire, yeah, Cameroon, Egypt, Algeria, yeah, just all over the place. Mozambique, too. I have a friend from Mozambique. Wow. And what part of Russia are you living in? I, I live in Kazan. Okay. And give us some sort of um, some guidance on that. How close or how far is it from Moscow? That's pretty much the only city I know in Russia is Moscow. Okay. Um, Kazan is one hour, 20 minutes from Moscow by flight. By train, it's around 11 hours. Yeah, 10 to 11 hours. Okay. It's a cool city. Yeah. You said it's a cool city? Yeah. What makes it cool? Yeah, because um, Kazan is known as the third capital of Russia. Yeah, they call it the third capital of Russia. The third capital of Russia. Okay. So is it a pretty big city? Not so big, just there. Gotcha. Have you been to Moscow? Yes, I've been to Moscow. Okay. What was that like? Well, Moscow is so big. Moscow should be like four to five cities. It's really big. Even the atmosphere is big. Like the sky itself <laughs> looks wow. like, yeah. And wow. it's, it's really nice in Moscow. I have so many questions for you. Okay. <laughs> so before I ask questions about Russia and the dating scene, that of course that's going to be included. <laughs> <laughs> no problem. How did you choose Russia over Germany? Like, I mm, I want to visit Russia, but I think I might have leaned towards Germany a little bit more. Honestly, I have no idea. I didn't, okay, fine. The reason is because I didn't know much about either Russia or just Germany. It just popped out my mind. Okay, fine, I'll go for Russia. It just happened. Till today, I asked myself, how come? How can be like choose Russia? I mean, yeah. I should have gone for Germany. I mean, it's Germany. Well, you've been in Russia now, you said five years, right? Yes. Okay. And you have how much longer to go until you finish school? One year. Okay. Like around maybe nine months or so. Yeah. And I'll say as an aside here, I, I didn't even realize Russia was inviting Niger or Africans to come and attend really? school in their country yeah what's that about there are lots of there are lots of africans here studying now i mean russia is it's already open unlike before yeah there are lots of people here yeah okay you know the only thing i know about russia is um they stole the election here in america the pre- presidential election four years ago for trump <laughs> <laughs> And, I had about uh, that, yeah. Yeah, and they're a communist <laughs> country. Um, but I suppose there have been some changes there under the leadership of, of Putin. Of Putin, yeah. It's getting better here, actually. I mean, unlike before, the stories before. Oh. You'd meet friendly people, yeah. Are you afraid like, being in Russia alone? Uh, no, I'm not afraid. <laughs> okay. Because I already, I'm already 
to the environment and yeah so i want to challenge you on something you said you ask yourself why did i choose russia over germany I bet you, though, had you chose Germany and went to Germany, there might have been aspects in Germany that made you feel like, why did I choose Germany over Russia? Oh, really? Yeah, um, I'm pretty sure. Um, what is it in Germany not to like? You've been there for five years, so what is it not to like about well, Germany? I don't want to be biased. I was there for five years, and I loved the hell out of Germany. I was a little girl. I was in elementary school. And as a child, um, I lived on the military base, so I didn't live out in the community, in the German community. But the Germans are very green there. They're very um, cognizant of the environment. And so that's one thing I can appreciate as, appreciate as an adult. I have been there several times as an adult as well. Never to Berlin. I've been to um, K-Town, which is uh, Kaiserslautern, I believe is the full name. And um, I've been to Frankfurt, but never to Berlin. Berlin is on my, my bucket list. Um, but so you mentioned Russia is cold. So is that one of your reasons for regretting your decision to go to Russia and not Germany? No, that's, that's not all. Just one. Um, the other reason is sometimes you meet really crazy people. Really, really crazy yeah, and there are no much opportunities for foreign students here, like job. And even if you get a job, the pay is so, so small. Like, okay. we just survive here by the grace of God. My goodness. So, yeah, it's not a foreign friendly country. So, those are good reasons not to want to be yeah. in Russia. So, I'll give you that. But yeah. you only have nine months left, you said. And listen, you can add to your repertoire, to your CV, to your resume that you lived in Russia. Yes. Cheers by the time you finish. I mean, it's an achievement. It's a big achievement, like to live in, I don't know, um, qualification. Yeah, that's what mm -hmm. I want to say. A yeah. big qualification. That is a huge achievement. Yeah, to live and survive in Russia. Yes, yes, ma'am. And so when your nine months are over, are the Russians going to make you stay and work there for a certain period of time? Or are you free to go? I'm free to go. Okay. Now, so let's transition to the personal aspects of Russia. You're 25. Okay. You, have a, you have an active dating life in Russia. Um, right now, no, but I had uh boyfriend a russian boyfriend he was actually mixed russian turkmenistan and it was one of ussr yeah countries yeah yeah and which part was he from it was russia and the other one was turkestan was it turkmenistan 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 yeah there's so many yeah. of those something stand places that were yeah. created when the ussr uh, i guess disband or yes yeah. So how tall was he? Well, he was six feet. Yeah. Six one. Uh -huh. Something like that. Yeah. Are the men in Russia attractive? Yeah, they're attractive. Yeah. Not all of them, though. <laughs> how tall are you? Me? Mm -hmm. I'm five, one and a half. Yeah, I'm that's what I was thinking. <laughs> okay. And so how long did you guys date? We dated for two years and two years, another additional two years, 
it wasn't working out. It was just like, um, it wasn't stable. Why? Because I was, I was tired and he wanted the relationship to go on. Oh, yeah. And you're busy in school. Yeah. Yeah. Don't let anybody come between you on that degree. Yes. And don't get pregnant by a Russian dude and get stuck in Russia with Russian babies. No, I won't. I won't. What are you doing for um, protection to prevent pregnancies? Um, well, I, I don't need to um, protect myself. I just tell him not to um, come inside. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> Girlfriend, no. That is not the so you don't he can't ejaculate inside of you. Yeah. And yeah, most of the times we rarely had sex. That that just that was supposed to be my answer. So <laughs> I was safe most of the time. Okay. Meaning safe because you weren't sexually involved with him on a regular basis. Yes. Yes, we know that celibacy is the best way to prevent pregnancy, obviously. But when you are engaging in intercourse or receiving the penis in your vagina, telling the person to pull out, the pull out move is the wrong move, man. Because you know, men actually can um, emit pre-ejaculate before they actually come, before they ejaculate. They can release mm -hmm. fluid before ejaculating that contains sperm and that can that can uh, fertilize your egg, you can become pregnant from that pre-ejaculate. So keep that in mind, Miss Princess. Okay. Yeah. Do you guys have Thank access you. to, you're welcome, no problem. You're my little sister now. Thank you. Do you guys have access to condoms in Russia? Yes. Okay. Yeah, so a condom is good because it, pro it provides a barrier. It'll prevent those fluids from um, going inside of your, vagina, your uh, vagina and then into your cervix and up your uterus to fertilize an egg. And it also keep you, it'll keep you safe physically. Um, you're, you're 20 years younger than I. Um, yeah, you said you're 25, yes? Yes. Yeah, so you're either, when is your birthday? August 10th. Okay. So yeah, you're 19 years younger than I. I'll turn 45 in January. Um, wow, so, you look young. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Welcome. Um, so I just want to drop a little bit of knowledge here. Russia, when HIV was on the scene some years ago, Russia had a high HIV positive rate. So you got to be careful in Russia. Now, he's probably of the younger generation and, you know, but you don't want to take a risk. I don't mean to digress, but I just got to share that information with you because knowledge is power. Yeah, yeah I know. He's actually, he was actually, um, he was not so sexually active. That's why I trusted him. Like, according to what he told me. Yeah. Yeah. Don't believe in, don't believe men. Yeah. Okay. Don't, how old is he? He's 27. 37 or 27? 20, 27. 27. Yeah, men lie, and especially men in their 20s, unless he has a conscience. You know, if he's conscientious, if he's really um, an honest, forthcoming person, and he is courteous, he cares about 
um, not hurting you or um, not misrepresenting information, if he really cares about that, which for some reason, a lot of men in their 20s, they don't develop that, that, um, that trait, that attribute until a little later in life. So a lot of men in their 20s, they, they want to experiment. They want to sow their oats, as we call it, which means try different women and vaginas. And so they'll say whatever needs to be said so that they can feel the skins raw. Feeling the skins raw means not wearing a condom. So don't allow another man in Russia to tell you they haven't been that sexually active. Because if he tells you that, he's a liar. I don't believe him. I don't believe any, any man in his 20s that tells me I haven't been that sexually active. So no, ma'am, that's called game. Have you heard of the word game? Game? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. What, what is game? Um, <clears throat> I really don't know how to explain that. It's okay. It's okay. So if I say he has game or he's gaming her or she's gaming him or she has game, what does that mean to you? Oh, he's playing her. Exactly. 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 And men in their 20s, a lot of them have game. Because a lot of them can sleep at night, although they just lied to you 10 times. So, well, we're going to move away from that subject now. So what, what's the takeaway from this, Miss Emmanuel? What's the takeaway from what I just said in the last, I don't know, three to four minutes? We shouldn't trust what men say and we should always protect ourselves. Exactly. Right. Now, and you know, I don't want people saying, oh, Dr. Delvina, you sound like a prude telling her not to trust men. Y'all know I'm telling the truth. There is a difference between men in their 20s in comparison to men in their 30s in comparison to men in their 40s. There are some men in their 20s who can be open, honest, forthcoming, have, they have integrity, they'll tell the truth about things. And then the average man in his 20s is not like that. And so I'm not trying to discourage you. I'm not trying to taint your experience with men, Miss Emmanuel. Just be careful is all I'm saying, really. So whether you believe him or not, as long as you're protecting yourself, then hopefully there won't be a bad outcome like a disease or like an unwanted pregnancy. And that's really the bottom line. Um, You're 25. You'll graduate next year. You'll be 26. Where are you headed? Are you going back to Africa, to Nigeria, or... Are you going to Germany? You coming to America? Oh, I actually had a dream to go to Canada. Yeah. So I'll be applying for a scholarship in a Canadian university or a German university. So either Canada or Germany. Yes. Okay. And what are you studying in college? Computer science and engineering. Oh, yeah. You're a smart girl. Thank you. I shouldn't say girl, young, young woman. You're a woman. You're 25. Yeah. That's right. And so this degree is your undergraduate degree, your bachelor's degree. Is that what you guys call it over there? Yeah, bachelor's. We okay. call it diplom. 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 Yes. Got it. All right. And so when you go to Canada or to Germany, you'll be working on what, a graduate degree? Yes. And I also want to do my master's. Okay. Okay. And then what do you aspire to do after you've educated yourself? Where do you plan to work? What country? 
Do you have companies in mind that you want to work for? I've always wanted to work for Microsoft. Yeah, it has always been my dream company. Yeah, but I, I'm not going to be like working full, full time. I just want to work and also do my business, something side. Yeah. Gotcha. What, what would your side business be? Oh, a lot. Let's start with cosmetics. Yeah, beauty and care. Okay. Okay. So do you do your hair is braided? Did you braid your hair or someone else braided your hair? Someone else braided my hair. Okay. But you also have skills at uh, styling hair? Yes. Okay. What else can you do well? Well, I can paint. Well, very well. Okay. So being there in Russia, you have created a support system for yourself, right? You have some friends that, who are now like family to you? Yes. Good. Are you guys, um, do you talk to one another regularly? Do you vent and share with one another when you're having challenging times? Yes. Okay. Do you have any questions for me about mental health or wellness? Yes, I, I have a question. Okay. Okay, um, if someone is feeling down, should um, he go to the therapist immediately? So it depends on, when you say feeling down, it depends on how long he's been feeling down because it's, it's natural, it's, it's human for us to feel down on some days. We're just not always going to feel happy and content or super motivated or excited. You know, there may be times when we, are having a day and we just don't feel like it. You know, we may feel down. And I'm glad you used the term feeling down and not the word depressed because people use the word depressed a lot. Um, and we should try saying things like, oh, I'm feeling sad today or I'm feeling melancholic or I feel a little down. Um, so it depends on what that's like for him, this feeling down. If he's feeling down consistently, you know, like every day or on most days of the week or of the month, or if when he's feeling down, it's accompanied by other things like not being able to eat or overeating, um, changes in his sleeping hygiene, like sleeping, <clears throat> pardon me, a whole lot more than usual or not being able to sleep at all or waking during the middle of the night. Because sometimes when we feel down, when we're nervous or anxious or we're stressed or overwhelmed, it wakes us up out of our sleep, some of us. So if his feeling down is accompanied by other things and that feeling down and those other things are consistently happening, then he should definitely seek an ear with a mental health professional so he can talk it out. Okay, thank you. Um, is drugs the best way to solve a mental health problem? So, yeah, you're asking if medications are the best way to resolve a mental health. Yes. Yeah. It depends on the situation. There are some circumstances where absolutely medication is going to be the thing that is needed right here, right now. Mm -hmm. And there are other situations where psychotherapy would be the first line treatment. That would be the first recommendation is to go and talk to someone. Um, so I'll give you an example. Someone who loses a family member, um, someone's family member passes away or a significant other passes away. 
initially we would say, you know, most people don't go to the therapist after they lose a family member or a loved one. They try to make it on their own. But if they find themselves crying constantly, not being able to sleep, um, not being able to concentrate, then maybe they should go see a psych psychotherapist first. So that would be someone who um, is considered a licensed professional. So it could be a licensed clinical social worker. That's a person with a master's degree in social work. It could be a person who has a master's degree in mental health counseling, so a licensed mental health counselor. It could potentially be a licensed marriage family and uh, marriage and family therapist, someone who has a master's and studies marriage and family therapy. They too can be, um, are trained in psychotherapy and, and can be trained in um, stabilizing someone who suffers from grief. And it could also be a psychologist, someone who has a PhD, so a four-year degree beyond college that teaches them how to conduct psychotherapy. Um, that would be a clinical psychologist. And of course, there's someone like myself, a psychiatrist, who's a physician and has um, also completed a four-year residency in psychiatry and neurology. Um, if other things are present during this grief, like they just can't eat, they have a low appetite, they've been losing weight, they're not sleeping, then we may prescribe medications in addition to the psychotherapy. So every situation can be a little different, and it depends um, that particular situation, going to see a mental health professional who um, can assess you, um, gain an appreciation for the challenges that you're having in your life and how it's, an it's intrusive to your daily living or interrupts your daily routine. That person can say to you, like some therapist may say to you right off the bat, hey, you got to see a psychiatrist too. You can't just see me. I think you need medication. Sometimes a therapist may want to see you for, you know, every week for a month or two months. And if nothing improves or gets better, then they may say, okay, you should go see a psychiatrist um, and consider medications. Sometimes people will come directly to a psychiatrist right off the bat. Um, that happens too. So every situation is different. It depends on the symptoms present and how intrusive those symptoms are to that person's daily routine. Oh, okay, thank you. Um, if someone is going through a really hard time and he or she just wants to talk to one particular person and that person isn't giving them the attention, how can the how can the depression be solved? I don't know how to use the. So I think you're saying, so are they talking to one person and that one person is a mental health expert or is that one person a friend or a family member? A friend, a friend. Gotcha. So they're down and out, they're not feeling well, and they've been confiding in a friend, talking to them yes. about all the woes occurring in their life and they're not yes. getting better. Yes. So at that point, that person should find themselves, make their way to a mental health professional. If you're doing all the things that you can do in your life to try to remedy your situation and you're still enduring or, or um, finding challenges, then you should go, you should refer yourself to a mental health professional. Sometimes people don't know how to do that, so they'll go to their primary care doctor first. Um, so the doctor you go to when you have colds or when you, you know, stub your toe or you're having pain from something, that doctor, um, oftentimes, some of them will try to treat it themselves, but many times they'll refer you to a mental health expert, whether it's a therapist or a psychiatrist for you to have an assessment. 
Oh, okay. What if the person stops giving them the attention and doesn't want to talk to them anymore? And oh, mm-hmm. I'll, okay. Oh, go ahead, my dear. Okay. Okay. For instance, I'll um, use myself as an example. Um, I'm I'm always down, and I talk to this friend, and later um, he stops talking to me, and the only thing that makes me feel better is when I talk to him. So how do I get better if he doesn't want to talk to me anymore? Mm. So you can't confide in just one person. You can't mm-hmm. allow yourself to rely on one person and you can't allow one person to have that power over you. So it sounds like okay. to me, you feel this one person is who makes you better. This is the person that yeah. remedies your, your stressors. So we can't allow ourselves to, to do that with another human being. Because as you said, when that person's not available to you, then you're left feeling alone, you're left feeling hurt, and you're left feeling possibly down or, or sad. And so you have to have a plan B, C, D, E, F. You have to have additional plans and other ways to intervene on your own behalf. And relying on just one person to be there for you is something that you never want to allow yourself to be in that type of situation. Because once that person decides they don't want to be there for you, then you're left hanging. So I talk about creating a support network, a a network, a circle of friends, a circle of loved ones. And that circle has many layers. The innermost layer, those are the people you can trust with whatever. Those are the people who understand the concept of reciprocity. Those are the people who don't lie to you. Those are the people who don't misrepresent. Those are the people you truly love and they love you back with the same energy. Those are the people who should be in your innermost circle. And then as you go layer and layer outward towards the exterior of the circle, that's where the folks belong who don't believe in reciprocity, who don't treat you well, who aren't there for you consistently. So you have to build a support network that does not only include one person. Your parents would be in that network as well. Some of your cousins, some of your other family members, some of your, um, some of the students maybe in your class, but don't rely on just one person. Okay. Thank you very much for that. Okay. One more question. How can I help someone who has borderline personality disorder? So you individually being able to help someone with borderline personality disorder, that's probably not doable. People with borderline who actually have borderline personality disorder, um, they can be, that can be a challenging disorder, personality disorder to, to manage. And the reason being, have you ever read about borderline personality disorder? Just from the internet, not much. Yeah. So when you're bored or when you have time, go on NAMI, N-A-M-I, National Alliance on Mental Illness. Um, Mm -hmm. Go on um, the APA, American Psychiatric Association, go on their website. So NAMI, Mm -hmm. N is in November, A, M is in uh, Mary, excuse me, or Mike, um, I Mm -hmm. as an indigo, NAMI.org. And they have all these different, they have a lot of educational um, 
posts. They have information on there about the different disorders, including personality disorders. And borderline personality disorder um, is described very specifically. And it's a disorder that um, is a challenge because people with borderline personality disorder can be dangerous. Sometimes they dangerous towards themselves. They engage in self-injury, like cutting and burning themselves. Sometimes they attempt suicide a lot. Um, oftentimes it's a person who sees the world in black and white only. So either they love you or they hate you, or they like this or they don't. There's no in-between. Um, and they're very, they can be very intense in their emotions. They can be impulsive. They blame everyone for everything. They never find themselves to be responsible for anything. It's a very, there's very specific criteria, but this is one of the most challenging personality disorders to work with in psychotherapy. Um, and so if you're friends with someone with borderline personality disorder, you have to be very careful because people with borderline personality disorder are very superficial at times. So if anyone is listening to this and you have BPD, if this is not you, then if it don't apply, let it fly. But in my experience, people with uh, personality disorder, specifically borderline personality and narcissistic personality disorder, don't have real in-depth relationships with people. They push everyone away or the relationships are very superficial because they don't want anyone to ever discover who they are at their core. And so these relationships are superficial. Um, they never really talk about themselves and what they're doing. Um, so if you know someone with borderline personality disorder um, and even telling them, you know, I think you have borderline personality disorder, that should probably come from a mental health professional. And I know several mental health professionals who are still under the old guidelines of not telling a person with borderline personality disorder that they have borderline personality disorder. That used to be a practice for mental health professionals to not tell the patient that they have BPD. So that's a very involved question that you asked me and a very challenging question. Okay. Okay. Thank you. Um, can I ask one more question? Sure. Ask away. Yeah. Um, what's the best way to urgently cure depression or anxiety? Okay. Whew. Okay, that's a loaded question. You're asking me how to cure depression and anxiety. So oftentimes the two occur together. There's different types of depression. There's different types of anxiety. Um, and both of those things can be treated with psychotherapy first. Um, depending on how severe the symptoms are, someone may need medications right away. So someone who's struggling with panic attacks, that's a type of anxiety. And panic disorder is a type of anxiety disorder. Someone who's suffering from um, that illness, yeah, maybe they can go to psychotherapy and learn ways to um, mitigate learn ways to resolve their anxiety in the moment when they're having a panic attack. And then there are some folks who their panic attacks are so severe, they feel like they have to pop a pill, they have to take a medication to remedy or to extinguish that attack. So it really, again, depends on the situation um, with regard to what would be the quickest thing or the fastest way to resolve something. The gold standard is for depression and or anxiety, psychotherapy and medication if the symptoms are severe enough or are specific enough to treat with medication. But starting with psychotherapy as soon as you can and not waiting until your illness is so severe 
that, um, you know, you're missing days from work. You're not hanging out with family. You've isolated yourself. So being able to acknowledge at the very beginning when you're struggling that you're struggling and seeking care is important and that's essential. And uh, resolving your situation as fast as you can. So that's the most important part. And the other piece is prevention, living a life that's overall healthy of doing basic things like drinking plenty of water on a daily basis, at least 64 ounces or more every day throughout the day, eating a diet that's rich and healthy and, and brain love foods, as I call them. So the spinach, the arugula, the Brussels sprouts, the broccoli, the asparagus, um, sweet potatoes, salmon, cod, um, spirulina, uh, spirulina. So, you know, doing these things are helpful to help create the building blocks so that you can make the build good chemicals naturally, those neurotransmitters, the dopamine, the norepinephrine, the serotonin, and exercising on a regular basis. In addition to that, prayer and meditation are important. Prayer and meditation and being able to set limits, being able to tell people no when you can't do something, not overstressing yourself when you can't do anything. You know, I was mentioning to you before we got on this, this uh, podcast to listen to my podcast, The Brain Love Podcast. At the end of my podcast, every episode, mm-hmm. I always give people the meaning of the term brain love. It's an acronym that I created. And if you follow this acronym, your life will be much more manageable. So, okay. Yes. I will I'll follow your podcast. Yes, yes, yes. Did that answer your questions? Yes. Thanks a lot. Thank you very much. You are very, very welcome. I'm so glad you were able to come on tonight and open yourself to having this discussion. And I want you to remain encouraged in Russia. I want you to finish your degree. And I want you to finish and, and feel hopeful and to feel happy and content mm-hmm. and to feel accomplished. I will. Thank you. You are very welcome. So I'll see you around on Instagram, my dear. Say okay. brain love. Hey. I want to say you're so amazing and wonderful. Oh, thank you, Rejoice. Thank you. Thank you. Hey guys, thank you so much for being on the couch with me yet again for another Sunday episode of the Brain Love Podcast. Again, this is your host, Dr. Delvina. Besides subscribing to my podcast, the Brain Love Podcast, which of course is on most podcast platforms, including iHeartRadio, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, please also Follow me on Instagram and Twitter. I'm at Dr. Delvina, which is D-R-D as in Delta, E-L-V-E-N-A. That's V as in Victor, by the way. And I have a YouTube channel. It's Dr. Delvina Thomas. It's D-R, spelled the same way, D as in Delta, E-L-V as in Victor, E-N-A. And then T-H-O-M-A-S. I am truly grateful for you affording me the time listening to me and hearing me discuss all of these random topics, but so important and essential topics related to the brain and health and wellness. Um, I'm very grateful to you. You can also find me on Wednesday nights on the MIA Soul live episodes. That's presented presented by uh, Miami Media Group, LLC. You can follow by streaming on Facebook, Miami Media Group. They're also on YouTube as well, Miami. Well, it's MIA Media Group. I'm on every Wednesday night at 7 p.m. with the host, Nikki Gallen, who's a bad girl. She's on Instagram as well. 
And um, along with three other co-hosts, Chef Irie for Chef's Table, Miss Carla Hill, Arts and Culture, and Christy Grace Chambers. She is the fashion expert. Yes, check us out. So guys, it's been another episode of the Brain Love Podcast. I have so many things in store for you, so many things inside of my little brain that I want to bring to you about health and wellness, and I'm so excited to share it. I hope you're excited to hear it. I appreciate you listening tonight or today or this morning, whatever day it is, because guess what? If you can't listen on a Sunday night at 8 o'clock, you can rewind it. You can bring it back um, Monday morning, Monday night, Tuesday morning while you work out, Tuesday on your way to work, Friday on your way home from work, whatever the case may be. Just be careful. If you have kids in the car, some of the episodes might be a little explicit, as it was last Sunday when we had our first anonymously said episode with uh, a group of ladies who came on and shared their experiences with different things pertaining to the asshole. So, um, yes. So thank you so much, guys, for joining me tonight, Dr. Delvina. And it's always love, of course, brain love. It's the end of an episode. Thank you guys for joining me on my couch. It's been a pleasure. It's Dr. Delvina. Remember, every day you must have brain love. Balance. You can't have all work and no play, and you can't have all play and no work. Reframe. Reframe your negative thinking. Think positively. Avoid negative people. Inside, everything you need It's inside of you. Look inside yourself. Needs. Know your needs. Your needs come first, not everyone else's. Limitations. Limit your expectations of yourself. Ownership. Own your mistakes. Learn from them and move on. Vengeance is not yours. It's the Lord's. Express yourself. Every day, meaningful communication. Don't go to bed angry. And that's been my show, guys. Brain love. The Podbreed Network is strictly for the small podcasts that are up and coming in the vast world of podcasting. Podbreed is made up of many diverse podcasts coming together to achieve the same goal of being the best damn podcast network on the planet. Find out more at podbreed.com.